0: On today's episode, I will get into goalie Arvid Soderbloom signing a contract extension, Eddie Olchek getting passed up by the Flyers for a front office job, and forward Philip Kurashev's season recap. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, May 11th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you can follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast, Make sure to go and do that real quick so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. I also wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app right now to get the cheapest tickets for all the sports, music, and theater events near you. All right. Good morning, everyone, as always. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. I hope everyone's Thursday is going well here so far. Looks like it's going to be another lovely afternoon in the Chicagoland area. Could definitely use more of these coming up. I want to get into golf season, baby. It's springtime. We're approaching the summer. I want the 70s and the 80s consistently, and we've got it here the last couple of days, which has been just lovely. Um, But to kick things off on the show here this morning, I wanted to start by talking about Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, goaltender Arvid Soderbloom officially signing a two-year contract extension. The Blackhawks have knocked down their first domino of the offseason. They have several pending uh, restricted free agents that they need to take care of or make a decision upon, as well as Uh, a couple of unrestricted free agents as well, but that first domino has officially been knocked down. Soderbloom signs a two-year contract extension through the 2024-2025 season with a $962,500 AAV. So not much of a surprise here that Soderbloom is going to come back for the next couple of years. That was as to be expected, and Uh, Along with that, it feels likely that he's going to be the backup at the NHL level for the Chicago Blackhawks next season. After spending a majority of the past two years down at the AHL with the Rockford Icehawks, it actually didn't go as planned for the first half of this season due to some injuries that the Blackhawks dealt with at that position. Alex Stalock was down. Uh, With a concussion early on in the year, Peter Mrazek was battling through some groin problems, which have really plagued his career the past couple of seasons. And as a result of that, Soderbloom spent basically, uh, well, he did spend all of November and half of December up at the NHL level, kind of being the guy for the Blackhawks. He wound up appearing in 15 games, making 13 starts. And while the numbers don't look very good for him when he was up at the NHL this year, if you actually watch those games, for a majority of them, he actually looked pretty solid. And actually, um, especially for being only 23 years old, really flashed some of his promise that um, we've all seen down in Rockford the last couple of years as well. Unfortunately, Kind of the going up and down, back and forth uh, path for Soderbloom early on in the year really hindered his performance once he was officially sent back down to Rockford there right around Christmas time. It took him a couple of weeks or even close to a month to kind of find his groove once again. He really struggled with his first stretch back with the Ice Hogs after uh, being up in the NHL, but towards the end of the season, down the stretch, he started to get back on track, started to play uh, to the best of his abilities once again, and really was a huge part of the Ice Hawks even getting into uh, the Calder Cup playoffs and was also very solid in that play-in series against the Iowa Wild. He did end up getting out by Texas Stars goaltender Matthew Murray, but I don't think, you know... Soderbloom was still pretty good for the most part in that series. He wasn't as good as Murray and probably wasn't as good as he was um, in the Calder Cup playoffs the year prior, which was a little bit discouraging, but it still wasn't like he was the culprit or was to blame for the Ice Hogs uh, getting swept out of the Central Division semifinals. And all in all, it, it was pretty st- still a pretty solid season for Soderbloom. He ended up finishing with a 15-12-5 record and 33 starts along with a uh, .905 save percentage and a 2.92 goals against average. Maybe not necessarily the numbers you wanted to see after such a solid first season over in North America last year. But again, he's still only 23 years old. He dealt with a lot of adversity the season, was back and forth, never really in a consistent spot until the end of the year. Um, and I do still believe he has a really solid future ahead of him. We saw flashes of that when he was forced to be the starter for the Blackhawks earlier on in the campaign. So, yeah, not a surprise that Arvid Soderblom is going to be coming back. As I mentioned, seems pretty likely that he's going to be the backup behind Peter Mrazek next season. And for the people who were commenting uh, who is um, Soderblom going to be the backup for next season, Peter Mrazek's already under contract He's getting paid a pretty penny, which is going to actually help the Blackhawks out. They need to uh, have kind of contracts like that on the books to hit the salary cap floor. And with Kyle Davidson, sounding like he's not going to be all that aggressive in free agency. I do think the Blackhawks are going to make a splash or two, but I don't think they're going to be spending all $40 million of uh, the cap space that they have on hand. So, with with Peter Mrazek, you know, having a, a pretty sizable contract through the end of next season, Alex Daylock, as good as he was, I just don't see a way for him to come back, especially when it's kind of that time for Soderbloom to take the next step in his development. He's been a good AHL netminder these last two years. Time to see what he has and if he's capable of being a backup for the Chicago Blackhawks next season. And who knows, maybe, I mean, there's not an incentive to have Peter Mrazek as the starter. It's not like the Blackhawks are going to be, at least I don't believe they're going to be tanking as hard as they were this past season, and it's not like they have to be giving Morazic starts or anything. So if Soderboom's playing well, it wouldn't be surprising to see him kind of take over the starting job potentially, and going into next season, the 2024-2025 campaign, I think there's an even greater chance that happens once Peter Morasic comes off the books. So to have Soderbloom signed on for two years now with a a cap hit less than a million dollars per year feels like the Blackhawks got a really good pricing for Arvid Soderblom and as Mario Tirabassi of CHGO Sports pointed out on Twitter yesterday in 2024-2025 the Blackhawks could have Arvid Soderblom and Drew Comesso as their two goalies and they'd have both of those guys on their roster at less than a million dollars for each of them so Pretty good situation for the Blackhawks in the future in net. They lock up Soderbloom. They still have Stauber and Drew Camesso expected to be in Rockford next season. I like where the Blackhawks' future is heading in terms of uh, what what where they're at in goal. Very smart and easy decision to re-sign Arvid Soderbloom to a two-year deal. I also wanted to be sure to give a quick couple of shout-outs to Blackhawks defenseman Connor Murphy for being nominated for the 2022-2023 King Clancy Memorial Trophy, and to goaltender Alex Staylock for being one of the three finalists for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, which is given to the player that exemplifies perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game of hockey. And for all of you out there that are aware of what Alex Stalock battled through just to get to this point, of course, he missed The entire 2021 season due to post-COVID and he was diagnosed with myocarditis, we've heard him speak out about how not only was he worried about, you know, his playing career ever being uh, capable of playing professional hockey once again, he was worried and scared about how it was going to impact him as a father as well. So for, for him to battle back the way that he did and be stellar for the Blackhawks all season long after not playing at all in 2021, only getting one game of action in the NHL last season. He comes on, starts 27 games for the Blackhawks and was really solid for a vast majority of them. And it was also just such a joy to watch in that each and every night made watching the Blackhawks certainly more entertaining coming out of the net, always willing to play the puck, take a chance on situations. I absolutely loved it and really enjoyed the Alex Stalock tenure here in Chicago. So well-deserving of being one of the three finalists for the Bill Masterton Trophy, along with Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had a pretty... Inspirational story this past season, as well, and Clayton Keller of the Arizona Coyotes for Murphy, this is the third consecutive year that he's actually been the Blackhawks nominee for uh the King Clancy Trophy, which is given to the player that best exemplifies leadership on and off the ice and is involved in the community and we know Murph is as involved in the community as anyone on the Blackhawks roster and has been one of the veteran leaders for this team for the last couple of years now, and maybe even the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks, perhaps. So quick congratulations to both of these Blackhawks for being nominated for those two awards. Would be really awesome to see either uh, come away with them. All right, coming up in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, I will get into Hawks legend Eddie Olchek getting passed up by the Philadelphia Flyers for their vacant president of hockey ops position. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time, which is the perfect place for last-minute ticket deals. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I honestly have been using game time since I was like a senior in high school. Probably... Pretty close to 10 years now at this point. It's always been the cheapest and the easiest way for me to purchase all of my tickets. And I also love how they give me images of my seats along with event cancellation protection. So go and download the Game game Time app. Make sure to create an account and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is create an account and redeem the code NHL in all caps for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed game time. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I do want to let you all know about the good stuff I have planned for Lockdown Blackhawks in the next couple of weeks. I know I've been having a lot of first time listeners here on the show with the Blackhawks winning the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So make sure to go and check out all the good stuff that I have planned and I've also had on the show recently. Uh, I've, of course, begun my season recap segments. I'll be wrapping up today's show with Philip Kurashev's season recap. Uh, I also recently had Charlie Rumeliotis, Blackhawks insider for NBC Sports Chicago, on the podcast for an off-season chat. I'm going to be talking with Joe Brand of WGN. Uh, sometime here soon for a similar conversation. I've also had a couple of interviews with Rockford Hawks players, Alec Regulo, Ryder Rolston, and Joey Anderson. Make sure to go and click on the YouTube channel to watch those special interviews. And then with the Blackhawks officially winning the Bedard sweepstakes, I'm going to be diving into uh, some NHL draft profiles here. We do expect the Blackhawks to be active with their 19th overall pick, either Uh, trading up or staying put and getting another first round selection. I'm going to be diving into some potential free agent finds coming up soon. And then I also have my end of the season top 10 prospects list starting here in a little bit. So plenty of good stuff coming up on Lockdown Blackhawks. Do me a favor, please make sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks if you haven't done so already, and you'll be able to stay caught up on all of the good stuff that I have planned ahead. All right, getting into segment two now, let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the hockey world as the Philadelphia Flyers have named their new president of hockey operations this morning. And one of the finalists for that position was none other than Blackhawks legend Eddie Olchek, who I really still can't believe isn't in the booth calling games for the Chicago Blackhawks. It still doesn't make sense to me how we got to this point, how we'd let Edzo become a free agent, how you let uh, the best color commentator in the sport become a free agent. I, I don't understand how that didn't get planned out better. The Blackhawks absolutely fumbled the bag with that situation. Um, but anyways, we have heard over the years that Olchek – uh, has been interviewed for a couple of different front office jobs. I believe one was with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the other's slipping off the top of my head right now. I know he's had a couple of different interviews since um, kind of stepping away from the coaching side of things and becoming a commentator. It feels like he really does want to get back into – that aspect of professional hockey, right? It feels like he's done broadcasting for what, 15, 16, 17 years now. I'm sure he's probably itching to be involved in a different manner. And he's come close uh, a couple of different times. And as I just mentioned, was named as a finalist for uh, the new president of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers. It was reportedly down to Olchek and, funny enough, fellow broadcaster Keith Jones, who he's worked with on TNT for NBC Sports in the past. I actually saw uh, once this news got announced, it was a cool picture of both of them at dinner last night together, a picture of them arm in arm, you know, obviously knowing it, it's down to those two, down to them. Uh, For the job, but cool to see them still being, you know, close friends and good buddies and enjoying themselves uh, in this time. Um, But as of this morning, the Flyers announced that Keith Jones is their new president of hockey operations. He spent the last three years of his NHL career with the Philadelphia Flyers. I believe it was 1998 to 2001. And despite not having any front office or coaching experience, since his playing career came to an end, all Keith Jones has done since then has been a broadcaster for several different networks. Now that Eddie Olchek is like much more qualified or anything, he's been basically doing the same thing, except he was the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins like 20 years ago for a season and a half or whatever it was. So it's not like Edzo's highly more qualified than Keith Jones or anything, but certainly a bit of a ballsy decision here from the Philadelphia Flyers to go with a guy like Jones, who, as I just said, really, doesn't have any experience other than knowing the city of Philadelphia, being familiar with the organization. That's about it. But um, an interesting decision, nonetheless, Edzo's weight sadly is going to have to continue. But as I mentioned, it really does feel like he's itching uh, to get back into like this, this side of things. And I do wonder if that maybe played an impact in his decision to leave the Blackhawks or however that went about whether the Blackhawks let him go or Olchek didn't want to come back. Whether the truth is there, I do wonder if Olchek was thinking, well, if I am wanting to pursue this route, I'm probably going to get a job eventually, right? Like the wait's not going to continue forever. I feel like someone at some point is going to take a risk on Eddie Olchek. Probably would have felt like a good situation here in Philadelphia, although he probably dodged a bullet not having to deal with John Tortorella, their head coach, who, uh, as we know, is just such a picnic to have to work with. Maybe Edzo dodged a bullet and maybe this wound up being for the better. But I do wonder if, you know, he thought, you know, if this is going to happen at some point, my Blackhawks, um, my my tenure as Blackhawks color commentator, that's going to have to come to an end at some point as well. So maybe that's what led to him cutting the ties or what led to him walking away and joining the Seattle Krakens broadcast booth, something that maybe can be a little bit more temporary for him. I don't know, whatever it is. We've seen Eddie Olchek interview for numerous front office positions here in the last couple of seasons. I really am rooting for the guy. I feel like he's very, very smart in terms of the game of hockey. And obviously he watches all the games. He knows what it takes and knows which players are are capable of doing what. He's very knowledgeable of the game. So hopefully it's just a matter of time for Edzo, but he does wind up getting passed up by the Flyers in favor of Keith Jones and his wait to join a front office will have to continue. All right, coming up in just a minute, Blackhawks fans, I still have to get into forward Philip Khrushchev's 2022-2023 season recap segment. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks, I still have to get into my next Chicago Blackhawks season recap segment. And for those of you who have missed it, I have already dived into several of these. I've gone over Seth Jones's season, Tyler Tyler Johnson's. Connor Murphys, Alex Stalock's, Jason Dickinson's. Yesterday, I did Boris Kachuk's. So if you want to get all caught up on those, all you have to do is go and click on the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe while you're there. It only takes two seconds. Go and click on the video. I have everything time-coded in the description, so you can quickly jump to that segment and get all caught up on my Blackhawks season recaps. But up next, we have none other than 23-year-old forward Philip Kurchev who spent his third full season up in the NHL with the Blackhawks this year and was a fourth-round pick back in 2018, already with 191 games of NHL experience under his belt. And for the first time in Kurchev's career, the Blackhawks really gave him an opportunity to play inside the top six this season. His rookie year... That was a very tough 2021 season for the Chicago Blackhawks. No Jonathan Taves. Khrushchev, as rookies do, kind of struggled to find his footing a little bit last season. I think the inconsistencies really were evident, and um, it was clear that he still had a step to go before becoming a, a true impact type of player wherever it's going to be in the lineup, right? There were just far too many nights where he was absent out there on the ice. And this season was really the first opportunity where the front office and the coaching staff said, All right, we're gonna give this kid an opportunity. We're gonna stand by him by through, stand by him through thick and thin, and we're gonna see what he's made of. So for the greater portion of the year, Philip Kuroshev uh, spent that inside the Blackhawks top six. He was either on the top line or on the second line playing with Tyler Johnson or Jonathan Taves when he was healthy. Um, and He did go on to set a lot of career highs while getting this opportunity, but I still feel like the inconsistencies, the lack of consistency is far too prevalent. He's still too streaky of a player. There are nights where he's just not impacting the game in any area. And for a guy who at times shows flashes of good speed, maybe not, you know, special offensive talents, but a capable middle six player And then there are just far too many nights where he doesn't do a a good job of bringing his A game and he leaves you with a desire of of wanting more. And it's been tough to kind of dictate what type of player exactly Philip Khrushchev is going to be in the future, because as a reminder, he's still only 23 years old. And for being a fourth round pick in 2018 and already having almost 200 games of experience at the NHL level, I mean, they're. I haven't checked this in a while. This is something I probably should have. I'll get back to all you Blackhawks fans on this because I did it a a year or two ago. It was probably last year when I went over Khrushchev's season recap. But anyways, there are only a few players outside of the first round of the 2018 NHL draft that have played as many games as Philip Khrushchev already has at the NHL level. So at a young age, he's getting a lot of good experience. He's building the understanding of what it takes to be successful at this level. And I think for those reasons, we probably shouldn't count Kurashev out. I feel like he is one of those guys potentially at 26, 27, who could, you know, maybe start to come into his own a little bit more. And we really realize, you know, well, Philip Kurashev, he's been here for forever Well, he's still only 27 years old because he came into the league at such a young age. It feels like when the Blackhawks are possibly turning that corner now that they've landed Connor Bedard and maybe when they're, trying to be more competitive in a couple of seasons it feels like philip kurshev if he can round out his game a little bit more. It really does feel like he could be a good third liner for the Blackhawks, a guy that can chip in now and again offensively, can still drive possession in that favor, but is also responsible defensively at the same time, is capable of playing both the center and the wing, being good on the forecheck, forcing turnovers, being tenacious. I do think those are qualities that Philip Khrushchev is capable of in a role that he's capable of serving in the future, for the Chicago Blackhawks to me though, while he is only 23 and I just talked about how in a couple of years, he really could come into his own. It's pretty clear after the season that he's not going to be a top six forward, at least on a really good team because the offensive talent, it's just not there night in and night out. And he has speed. He has decent playmaking and vision. He's not a gifted goal scorer. He's not very aggressive. It feels like he's really got another gear to take in kind of, I want to say, has to add a little bit more of a rugged side to his game as he starts to get older, because if he's not going to be making an impact offensively, he's going to have to find a way to do it in other areas and might have to turn himself into a successful penalty killer and a little bit more of a grittier player. But all in all, getting into Kershev's numbers for the season, as I mentioned, with a Big opportunity inside the Blackhawks' top six. He went on to set career highs in most of these categories. 70 games played was also a career high, which helped in that as well. Nine goals was a career high for kurchev His previous most was uh, eight, which he scored in 2021 as a rookie. 16 assists this season was also a career high, one more than he had last season. 25 points, also a career high. Uh, interesting to see, though, This is where I'm talking about Philip Kershaw being a little bit more rugged. While this is a good thing, he's done a good job of staying out of the box so far at the NHL level. He only had 12 penalty minutes in each of his first two seasons to go along with 14 that he had this year in 70 games. He's not taking a lot of penalties, which is good. You don't want guys in the box too much. But at the same time, if he's going to be a third liner, you might want to start having... Him play with a bit more of a chip on his shoulder and might have to be a little bit more grindy and physical in certain areas. And as a result of playing that game, you just naturally wind up taking more penalties. I feel like that's kind of the avenue we have to start pushing Philip Kuryshev in a little bit. Uh, one interesting statistic of his no power play goals for Philip Kuryshev this year. And he had two in each of his first two years. And I know a lot of that was because he played on the second power play unit whenever he did get an opportunity for the most part. And Blackhawks second unit was never very good at all this season but again that just kind of shows me Kershev just has not been a very dynamic offensive player even for 25 points in 70 games right I feel like for a guy in the top six I mean Tyler Johnson was putting up much better numbers than that and he only played in 58 games I believe so I don't know I I just feel like the inconsistencies for Philip Kershev offensively and uh, in that top six role make it clear that he's kind of got to change things up a little bit more Uh, in terms of shooting percentage, 7.8%. He's been under 8% each of the last two years after hitting 12.3% his rookie year. I mentioned just not really an aggressive goal scorer. It doesn't feel like Philip Khrushchev is, Raf or rifling pucks off on that all the time. I don't know. It just feels like that's not going to be uh, an area of strength for him in his career. It feels like the playmaking is more likely to be his best offensive attribute. In terms of time on ice, obviously being in the top six, that went up to 17:25 this year after being at 12:51 last year as a result of moving into the top six. Uh, In terms of face-off win percentage, Khrushchev only won 44.7% of his draws this season. The Blackhawks didn't use him a ton at center. They used him kind of when they needed to down the stretch when they were thin at that position. But it's been pretty clear in his first three seasons he has not been a good face-off man and is probably going to be a winger uh, long-term if I had to imagine. One area, though, I did get impressed with Philip Kirchev this season was in terms of his takeaways, because in 70 games this season, he had 42 takeaways, which was double from what he had a year prior and only three or four more games, I believe. So Philip Khrushchev did make adjustments and did um, become stronger on the forecheck and more tenacious and hounding the puck. And again, that's the type of style I really think we got to start him Start seeing him pursue a little bit more for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I was glad to see him at least uh, provide an uptick in that department. In terms of the analytics, Kurashev's Corsi percentage this season was 44.9%, kind of mediocre. Uh, and then in terms of the goals for and the goals against, he was on the ice for 64 goals for to 82 goals against. Now that's kind of just what's going to happen when you're, you know, playing a playing on the top two lines for the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be on the ice for a lot of goals against, but I will say it is a bit concerning for a guy that got 54.3% of his zone starts in the offensive zone. I, I do think defensively, that's the area where we really need Philip Kershev to be solid looking at all the forward prospects we're going to be having coming up through the system in the next couple of years. I'm sure the Blackhawks again, as they start to turn that corner are going to be more aggressive in free agency and, with all the defensemen they have in the system forward is probably going to be the area where they're adding. So we don't need Philip Kershev to be a point per game forward. That's not what we need out of him. What we really need is for him to develop himself into a solid third line center, a guy that you can play on the penalty kill, on the second power play unit is responsible defensively, a pain in the rear end to play against rugged along the boards, uh, can go in and win corner battles, win loose puck battles, can be a little physical, can be a little chippy, can provide you with a little bit of everything, a Swiss army knife type of guy, a la a Dave Boland or an Antoine Vermette. That's kind of what we need Philip Kuryshev to try and turn into these next couple of years. So, the, the offensive top six role, that's not what he's ever going to have for a good NHL club. And I don't know if this is a conversation that he needs to have with the front office or if it's happened, but it really feels like that's not the type of player we need Kershev to be. It's one who can be a good third liner for us and can kind of do it all in different areas. So that's kind of where I think Phil Kershev needs to try and take his game moving forward. Um, one last thing I did want to get into for him. Quite a streaky season for Philip Kurshev, and that's kind of what I referenced, the inconsistencies that he's displayed throughout his first three NHL years. So here's kind of a breakdown of the season for Philip Kurshev. In the first nine games of the season for the Blackhawks, he came out of the gate roaring with six points, two goals and four assists in the opening nine games. He then went on to tally eight points in the next 28 games, two goals and six assists in the next 28 points, eight points in 28 games after starting out the year with six points in nine games. Then after that tough 28 game stretch, Kershev goes and tallies seven points in 10 games from January 8th to January 28th, three goals and four assists in 10 games starts picking it up a little bit. Then what does he go and do in the final 22 games of the year? Goes and tallies four points, two goals, To assist for Philip Kershaw in the final 22 games of the year, so a roller coaster ride type of campaign for Philip Kershaw. Once again, like I mentioned, he shows flashes. He shows us the upside, but it's been few and far between so far, and it it's frustrating because sometimes he shows us that he has the skill maybe to be a second liner, and then other times it's more clear that he kind of needs to take on a different role in his probably got a ceiling of being a good third liner on a solid contending NHL club. So taking everything into consideration for Philip Khrushchev, I'm going to give him a C plus for his performance this season. All right. I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, May 11th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks, on YouTube, and go and follow wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can all find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.